Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi-ho, you ding-dongs. Kevin Goatee here. Time for a brand new episode of Gutting the Sacred Cow. This week, Josh Gondelman joins me from Deus and Mero Show. And joining me as co-host is no one, because unfortunately the guest co-host had to bow out at the last possible second. So Josh and I are going to figure out if the lobster is his choice. Colin Farrell from a few years ago, Rachel Weiss. Is that really all that cracked up what it was with all those critics and whatnot? So let's see if Josh Gondelman can make a good argument that this lobster is overcooked. Gather Three, two, one. He once killed three men with a pencil. Josh Gondelman, guest of today's episode. How goes it? Can you name that film? Gosh, it feels very John Wick to me. Is that your answer? It is. Well, it's the right answer. Congratulations. There we go. I was uh, re-watching. Excellent. I feel good. I, I love to hear that. Love the excitement. Love the passion. I was re-watching the first. Uh, I'm through the second right now. I am excited as all hell for John Wick 4. Cannot wait. A friend a friend of mine just saw it in LA. I must have been like an early screening or something. Yeah. And said it was awesome. He was like all in on it. And he was, you know, kind of agnostic on the first three, but was like, sure, I'll go to the screening. It was like, it ruled. I loved it. So I'm pretty, pretty psyched for it. No kidding. I uh, IGN gave it a 10 out of 10, but IGN has lost a lot of luster with the reviews in my book. <laughs> I, they, they gave three a real high ranking too. They're very they're very generous, but I'm I'm still I'm still all in. It doesn't matter. I love one. Two is pretty good. Three is a little off, but four. I'm uh, I'm I have high hopes for this. Kevin Goatee. One was great. Ah, uh, one. So one what? was so under the yeah. radar, and people you see the, the preview, and you're like. Eh, another one of these direct-to-DVDs that make it in the theater. You're like, yep. ah. But the re- reviews, the word of mouth was so strong. I go, all right, yeah. the hell with it. And I saw it. I go, god damn, I'm all in. It's terrific. Yep, yeah, they really did it. it. Anyway, I don't mean to derail this podcast. We're not here to talk about how good John Wick is, although <laughs> I could do that at length. Yeah, We, we sure can. Kevin Goatee joined by Josh Gondelman, gutting the sacred cow. Yes, friends, the podcast, the best movie review, movie debate podcast out there where we invite guests to pick a film they find overrated or hate and trying to convince us to see their argument. But, of course, the twist is finding a film that they find overrated or hate that must be a widely beloved film, a critically acclaimed film, or a financially successful film. Josh and I were going back and forth for a bit, and he chose one. He settled that is an independent wet dream for the critics, and that is The Lobster. 2015 release, the budget at the time, Four million bucks, a box office haul of eighteen million dollars. Turn that into twenty twenty three money. Five point one million dollar budget, box office <laughs> haul twenty two point nine million dollars. Now those are low numbers, but then again, when you increase your 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 budget by four x, you've won. Totally, I think absolutely a success. But I think you're right though on the the merits of. Is this a box office smash? I think I would have a hard tr- a hard time going. This movie made too much money. This just the the financial windfall is so out of whack with with its quality, you know. So I do th- I think that is a fair point that it was a modest success, but an independent, critically critically beloved. I would say a hundred percent. IMDb, as we know, folks, one through ten with decimal points. Josh, what do you think the lobster scored? On the old IMDb scale. I'm going to guess 8.2. 
7.1. Okay. I went a little high. I was looking it up on Wikipedia today. We'll get to it later. But it does, it does, I bet this is one of those where like the Rotten Tomatoes critics versus audience score is like way out of whack. Well, since you just masterfully segued into my <laughs> next part, Josh, what did the critics give the, for Rotten Tomatoes for The Lobster? I bet that's like up around 84%. 87%. Okay. Pretty close. Very close. Right on. And then I I think the audience is down around like 62. 65. The man's got a nose for this. Here we go. Just like the the pig hunting truffles in this film, Josh can hunt out those (laughs) Rotten Tomato scores. Quotes. I prefer to think of myself as Nicolas Cage hunting down his truffle hunting pig. pig. By the way, good film. It was great. I really liked it. Off the radar, solid. Quotes. Very. If you can't resolve arguments between yourselves, you'll be assigned a child. That usually helps. Other than that, <laughs> this film is unquotable. Unless, Josh, you had one stand out to you. I didn't. I, honestly, it's so interesting because I feel like it is a movie that's very memorable in its favor. There are a lot of memorable moments, but they aren't words that people say out loud, mostly. No, no, not at all. Next, uh, it's time for five fun facts. Let's do it. Who do you? Th- mm, I don't. You know what? This is going to be too too much of a shot in the dark to guess this. Elizabeth Olsen was scheduled to play loner leader, but backed out due to contractual agreements with Marvel Studios. Wise choice. <laughs> Probably good for the bank account. David. Robert and John, that is Colin Farrell, John C. Riley, and Ben Wishart, are the only named characters in this film. That's wild. I, I didn't remember that until I went and looked back just to like refresh myself this morning on the, the plot and stuff. And then I was like, oh, yeah, everyone else is just named by their job. Right. Number three, Colin Farrell gained 40 pounds for his role in this film. I think the harder part for him to say was, all right, I'll gain 40 pounds, but do I really have to wear tidy whities for a good chunk of this film? <laughs> it's, you know, that's how you show off the 40 pounds. You yeah. got to make sure that the audience sees that you've acquired those dumps like a truck. <laughs> Someone wasn't taking his Ozempic then. Number four, the production worked almost entirely with with natural light and without makeup. Lighting was only used for some night scenes. Wow, that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, I thought so too. But then again, when you have a budget of four million bucks, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, you gotta you gotta cut that light bulb budget down to a kind of a skeleton. I can only imagine what craft services looked like: pop tarts and ramen noodles, and then um. Colin Farrell, Farrell just having a milkshake kind of IV. <laughs> Wouldn't that be the dream? Oh, number five, Jason Clark was cast in the lead role, but dropped out due to scheduling conf- conflicts. I wonder what he was doing. Elizabeth Olsen, you get where you're like, right. oh, you're under contract to be in WandaVision and these huge Marvel properties where they kind of uh, uh, um, legendarily like own your time, right? Like they they kind of dictate that. But I wonder what the, what what this other guy is doing. I don't even know his name. I didn't bother looking him up. Same. It didn't. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't ring a bell for me. And I'm not like a deep deep film guy. But I was like, Colin Farrell is the second choice. Is like an incredible get. Well, maybe because the budget was so low, they had to find somebody who was mm-hmm. not going to demand a, a high salary. That's mm-hmm. my assumption. Yeah, could be could be very well wrong, but whatever. Next, let's get us let's get our fans in there, as we call them, the herd in. Ask a gutter at Bango two three three one wants to know. Damn it, that's another I hate to see, or maybe not. Ha ha. Uh, another statement from Bango, not a question, duly noted. At, <laughs> <laughs> at Delvin Cox. First question, what the fuck is the lobster? Second question, what's your favorite place to eat lobster? Great question. There's a place, and look, I'm happy to market it because it's a beloved place within my family in Essex, Massachusetts called Woodman's. And we, my family and I would go once a year, we'd drive up from... I kind of grew up metro just north of Boston and we drive up and there it's just like a very fun picnic table set up and you get lobsters and steamed clams and it's great. It's by the water. Love it. Uh, Woodman's Essex, Massachusetts. 
That's a good answer. I was glad you did not say the infamous red lobster. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Look, I'm not going to turn up my nose at a red lobster, but uh, I, if they said favorite place. Um, and also, I, I will occasionally and this is like the very I feel like I live in Brooklyn. And so to get lobster, it's like a Brooklyn inflation on the price. But sure. I will go. There's a place called um, there's a place in my neighborhood called Kittery. That's fun. And then Red Hook Lobster Bound is a little further and they do lobster rolls. And you're like, okay, this is going to be a financial investment and maybe I'll never be able to retire. But right now it is worth it. Lobster rolls. The perfect excuse to say, I want a butter, a bun soaked in butter with about an eighth of a teaspoon of lobster. And I gladly will pay $32 for that privilege. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's a, it's a summer, a summer splurge and I'll take it. I don't think they survived COVID, though. Uh, next question from Ask at Lord Snurts. This guy never misses when it comes to meta questions. Let's see how this goes. Okay. Uh, he's never seen the film. Sounds like a weird one. You'd be right. Would you eat an animal that was previously a human? If yes, how long would you wait until you fire up the grill? I think if given the choice, no. However, if we're talking like a, a lost in the mountains situation, and you've got to eat a human, I would prefer that person be then turned into an animal. Just for your own guilt? Yeah, and just like <laughs> ease of cooking, right? Like, you know what, somebody, you can look up like, oh, how to cut uh, and prepare cow meat or pig meat or chicken meat. But there's, I feel like once you're Googling uh, how to cook and eat a human, once you get back from the mountains, you will be on some kind of watch list. Right, exactly. And especially if your plane has crashed and the Inca Mountains are being part of a soccer team. Mm -hmm. I know. Well, (laughs) you know, fortunately, one of the things that I think keeps me out of this kind of situation is very weak soccer skills. So I don't think I'll ever get into that kind of situation. As I famously said many times, many ways, soccer works faster than Ambien for me. So, no, Mm -hmm. I, too, will also be in your circle of non-soccer skills nor soccer giving Mm -hmm. a fucks. But that's fine. Uh, and that is actually going to do it for Ask a Gutter. Unfortunately, I had posted this question not even two hours ago, so the fans didn't really have a chance to see this. But that's going to close Ask a Gutter, so let's shoot right into, hey, you know what, guys? No one listens to the end of podcasts, so what we're going to do is we're going to go right to the plug section. Hey, Josh <laughs> Gondelman, what are you up to, and where can the fine folks find you? Okay, let me breeze through this pretty quick. I have a stand-up special called People Pleaser that if you're a Prime member, you can stream for free. I think it's also... Uh, you can watch it on Tubi for free with ads. Mm. Um, I am going on tour. I have, I have a ton of stand-up dates that I just posted on my website, joshgondelman.com. And if, excuse me, if you want updates, I write a weekly newsletter that's all pep talks um, for readers and for the news. It's like fun and funny and light. It's quick. It's every Monday. Uh, so far, I've stuck to every Monday, no other times I, uh, there there hasn't been an occasion where I've been like emergency newsletter on a Thursday um and and I add all my new tour dates there and so it's I, I truly am going everywhere from San Jose to Nashville to Dallas so I'm all over the country in the next few months um come see me and I, I recently guest hosted wait wait don't tell me and I got to interview Malala Yousafzai which was uh pretty intimidating but a lot of fun that's awesome man Congrats. yeah that's thank so- you Pretty badass. It's a lot more weighty than what I'm about to announce, and that's, of course, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com if you want to advertise with us. (laughs) If you want to advertise with us or just to say hello, and, of course, guttingthesacredcow.com for any T-shirts, hats, mugs, whatever you want to buy. And last but not least, check out Comics Watching Comics, which did air on Amazon Prime for eight seasons now in the Facebook metaverse in the joke community room. Get a look for that. And, of course... Leave us your five-star rating, two- or three-sentence review wherever you listen to podcasts because, damn it, it helps us in that algorithm, and we appreciate that. We being me and Josh for today, of course. He cares. Josh, why don't you just lead the charge like Teddy Roosevelt on a horse with his, uh, what was his band name, his group? um, The Rough Riders? Rough Riders, yes, sir. Why did I blank on that? Teddy Roosevelt and DMX. They had a lot of mutual friends. (laughs) I did a book report on Teddy Roosevelt in the fourth grade. I should have remembered that. Hey, it's been been a couple years, probably, probably, what, 10, 15 years? Oh, you're so kind. You're so kind. (laughs) You're so kind. Josh, why don't you come out of here and gut the sacred 
cow. Okay. So The Lobster is a film by director Yogros Lanthermos. And I think in fairness to this film, there's a lot going for it. It's got an innovative premise, right? The premise of the movie is if you're a single person, you can go to this resort and you have a certain amount of time to find a partner or else you are turned into an animal of your choosing. Um, And that's like, Okay, that's an interesting, weird way in. Colin Farrell's wife has left him. He goes to this resort. He decides that if in 45 days he um, isn't go- he uh, doesn't find a partner, he will be turned into a lobster. That's okay. We're we're it's an offbeat, quirky premise. We're we're off and running. He gets to the place, and uh, it this is where it goes off the rails. And by that I say, I mean the beginning. Um, <laughs> it is such a and 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 here's what i'm going to set out to say there are many fine qualities about this movie i think the acting and the direction is this kind of weird offbeat style that i think is like very interesting to watch over the course of a movie uh the performances are like kind of stilted and wooden in a way that i think kind of brings out the themes of like disconnect between people that are that are really prominent so there are a lot of interesting moments it's inventive it is uh it it kind of takes a quick turn into a different kind of film very quickly so so there's a lot to recommend it my my big problem my kind of central problem with it is that it is a movie for for what feels like kind of a light uh pg-13 or soft r like a charlie kaufman type premise the there is such pervasively brutal violence throughout the course of the movie which is fine it's not necessarily my style that's not what i'm looking for in a in a movie like this but it's fine what what i think turns it from a film that like has a few elements that are not for me to a movie that i think is overrated because again i'm not shooting for it's the worst movie that's ever happened nobody should ever watch it but i think it got an oscar nomination for the screenplay it it got a lot of awards attention it is as you said to start off kind of a critical darling this film And, and what i think makes it overrated is the is the kind of philosophical emptiness behind it that i will i will detail right the idea of this film is the kind of thrust of it is like it is compulsory to find romantic partnership and to live outside of that is the act of a kind of social renegade and outcast. I think that's kind of, it's about the desperate things people do to find connection or fake connection where they can't find it. Right. So in this, um, in this resort where people are looking for partners, you, the idea is you, you are partnered up by superficial traits. That's how it, it, people are looking to make connections, right? Oh, you have a limp. I have a limp. Um, you are, you think this way. I think this way, like a very one thing they kind of seize on right. uh, John C. Riley's character, right. Is, uh, meets this woman who is, um, having nosebleeds and he's smitten with her and he starts faking nosebleeds. So they have this point of commonality, which is like, okay, again, interesting, visceral, sure. However, as you get toward, as the movie progresses, the violence increases and the idea of like actual connection to one another based on something more than a shared quality. Like there's no, to spoil it, the end of the film, right? Um, Colin Farrell is now living in the woods. Uh, he's with with this kind of separatist group of single people that have com- have decided never, never to romantically partner. But he's fallen in love with Rachel Weisz's character, who's one of the leaders of this group. They, the group finds that they've fallen in love, blinds Rachel Weisz. And Colin Farrell, ha- at the end, uh, after kind of rescuing her from their clutches, is about to blind himself, right? That's the end of the film. He's like considering like, do I blind myself? There is no consideration for like, maybe sometimes it's helpful to have one person who is not blind 
in a relationship that can that kind of diversity of sightedness could be could smooth over some some rough patches in, in some instances right it really feels to me that there's you know a dog is kicked to death very early on in this one it's like incredibly brutal and the thesis of it is kind of like dating's weird right and so <laughs> it like really feels like this is written by like a like a 16 year old incel or like a um an 80s stand-up comedian with like art house taste in film and so i find like all the individual elements i i find some of I'm them are very I'm the, eight, the 80s kind of comedian the only thing missing is that that spinning like with stripes and that like, the wacky bow tie totally kind of feel, like yeah. a, a a blazer with the sleeves pushed up yes like, it feels so so i i kind of threw a lot at you and and i i think that my case is very simple it's that the disparity between the gruesomeness of what's being depicted on screen right a dog being murdered a woman with her eyes being put out another woman being set upon by dogs in a in a pit and uh like kind of pervasive like bloodying of one's own no it's like very bleak and then the thesis is like but how do we know if anyone really likes us and it's like it just feels very undergrad to me it feels like a very precocious 20 year old wrote this movie and then you're like i don't know you just kind of have to uh, allow for other people's human subjectivity and uh and trust that take people for what they say and allow for like different like it's it really makes it seem like being single is like the most socially dangerous thing you can do and right. it's like i don't like know you're, man. Like, like you're Fuck a bio a like, like like you're a biochemical terrorist or some shit like that truly like, they it round truly them they round them like, up in camps almost and they're like no you can't be out you know within the masses because you're such a it treats it, it, it disgusting it treats person being single as if it is like the way people in society think about like pedophilia of like right. you have to live in the fucking woods you creep and it just like <laughs> It feels so out of whack with any sense of reality that I recognize. And it doesn't present to me like a coherent vision of a world. I don't think like a, a good movie has to be clean. I don't think it has to offer easy solutions. But I do think if it's going to be so uncomfortable, it should uh, dig into that discomfort in a way that you're like, oh, I see this this kind of grossness in the world and and this is like a metaphor a, a a fitting metaphor for something that's actually happening right you think about like um blue velvet right as being right. a movie with a lot of ugliness that you're like oh this is a, a kind of depiction of the ugliness of these sanitized suburban landscapes in a way right but this is truly like being single my relatives are weird at thanksgiving and it's like Ugh, shut up <laughs> right yeah that's it was, a, it was a very it was a bridge too far in a lot of senses for me in that regard that's for sure yeah and, and again i think you can there are even though it's not exactly to my taste i think there are films that i see where i go man this is too gory or intense for my personal enjoyment but i think another kind of moviegoer could actually get a lot of pleasure. I, I think certain horror films, certain dramas feel that way to me. Like it's it, it's not to my taste, but it's like especially well executed. I just think the the philosophical conceit of this movie is such a drag to me and like almost laughable that I would say like, not that you shouldn't watch it because I do, again, I think stylistically and and the idea that they shot it all with natural light for the daytime scenes is like really interesting. And I think it's like really cool that it's, it's supposed to make people feel kind of like the performers who are very glamorous people and, you know, Rachel Weiss and Colin Farrell's leads who are very glamorous people feel kind of unappealing and like revealed by just this natural light. They're not made to look glamorous. I think this, this is all very compelling as filmmaking, but I got to the end and was just like, it's about that like yeah. that's the take and it just really felt so alien to me as like a point of view on the world that it was and it felt so cynical it felt cynical in a way that it didn't earn that that is like my real complaint about it there is like a deep cynicism uh that is like actually no the only way to be in these loving relationships or, or like 
there is no social way out of like putting out your own eyes if you have a a lover who does not have eyes and that's the only way you can be together and to do otherwise socially is considered lying and it's like come on like it, it, that was my feeling for a lot yeah. of his movies like isn't this a little much <laughs> a little excessive especially that ending. a little excessive yeah, yeah. i agree is that is that your your final uh your, your complete argument why that's my complete over. argument okay i yeah. I, I think it's i think it's fascinating but ultimately it's like it's it's a little much and and in a way that is like kind of um cynical and hollow and feels very like something that someone who is like again 21 years old and like super high would say and you'd be like yeah man that's deep and then you like fall in love and you fall out of love and you're and and you meet people and you see the way the world works and you go oh, maybe this guy was like being a little dramatic <laughs> kind of like 2001 a space i should go yeah man exactly as you said hi that and oh god what donnie darko another one you know donnie, dude very donnie darko to me yeah, yeah. and by the Which way is, Don, donnie darko fucking sucks this is so i'm this is so interesting because i'm not a big Donnie Darko fan. My wife oh. really liked it and rewatched it recently. Um, excuse me, very into it. It's just it. I I didn't love it, but we went to the Lobster together early on in our relationship, right. and and we I walked out being like that was too much for me. There were parts of it that I thought were really cool. Parts of it, I just don't think it holds together as like a film. And she was like, "No, this is horrible." But I I still think it stands as like interesting movie that you're just like, no, get out of here (laughs) at the end, which is like not the that's there are a lot of reactions that you can have to a film that you that are strong, right? Strong reactions of like, holy shit, that is so that uh, I this I never thought of it this way or like this is such a such a harsh take on something. But I think to get to the end and be like, come on, it's like not a good reaction. (laughs) That's a, that's a that's a great way to put a bow on the ending of come on cut the shit come on Josh give me number one to ten in your thoughts of this yeah, film cut the shit it's like a very cut the shit which one to ten yeah I will say okay so I think the 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 audience consensus is kind of right I would give this like a six point five maybe even a seven out of ten but I just think the critical consensus was so far above it and so um so laudatory that i think overrated is like a pretty clear-cut distinction i understand that's a fair that's a fair uh, score to give didn't hate it you're not here to say it sucks you're just here to say no 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 stop and cut the shit it ain't that good cut it's the shit right. that's that you you nailed it cut the shit i think is the perfect re- there's the perfect reaction to this movie is like all right i see what you're doing but knock it off <laughs> grow up these notes brought to you by guttingthesacredcow.com, again, where you can find yourself a fantastic hat, shirt, bag, whatever. But most importantly, thank you for giving us an hour of your time every week to hear the best movie review slash movie debate podcast with jokes. Unlike those other nerds out there, we make it funny. Notes! After the opening scene where that gal shot the donkey and the foal, being this is an Irish-themed film, I was expecting fully to see... Uh, the woman get out of the car wearing full Red Sox shirt and track suit pants to say the dead donkey. <laughs> How do you like them apples? Would have loved it. That would have bumped my score up a full <laughs> 0.25. No better appetite suppressant than seeing a bunch of Irish people lounging around in their skivvies. <laughs> this film begs a question, and no better time to ask this question that if you kick someone's ass, can you do it? with one hand tied behind your back like Colin <laughs> Farrell had. Everyone keeps talking about saying, I could kick your ass with one hand tied behind my back. Yeah, now's the yeah. chance to prove it. Put your, put your money where your mouth is, behind your back. No better time to make yourself a switch hitter to being forced how to learn to write or wipe your ass or jerk off with your opposite hand than the lobster presents you the opportunity to do so. Mm-hmm. John C. I, oh, I do sorry, think that resort gives you a lot of unique opportunities right. to pursue. I always wanted to learn how to bat left-handed and jerk off right-handed, so let's dance. <laughs> John C. Riley is a fantastic actor and chock full of talent, but wow, 
he is not a good-looking fella. He looks like a middle-aged frozen food manager midway through a werewolf transformation. I, I kind of, I like that about this film is that like, like you were saying, it's like, it, it is not, it's not made to make the stars look glamorous. And I think that is like in Colin Farrell's favor in this, this current part of his career that he's been in maybe the last seven, eight years, right. Uh, through Banshees of Inisherin, like he's, he's like, I think early in his career, he played a very glamorous character right he he was always kind of suave and there was even when he was a villain there was kind of like this sexy darkness to him and now he's willing to play like sad weirdos and and under like harsh light and and i think that's like a very cool direction for an actor to take and john c Riley, i think has always had that in it well, being able to play these like very unflattering characters and and really do it in a way that is so uh, magnetic and so nuanced. I think that's great. I agree. And I love how Colin Farrell went penguin in the Batman. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic in that role. Otherwise a, he is the bright light in that mostly dull film, dark film. I was not, I liked it when I first saw it, as you heard in this very podcast, if you're a fan, you know where we stand on that film started out great. And then eh, dragged <laughs> and dragged and dragged and dragged and dragged. Next one, the girl with the bloody nose and getting blood on Colin Farrell's shirt reminds me Jonah Hill getting period blood on him in Superbad. Good times. <laughs> I ask you, Josh, what animal would you turn into if you had to? I choose an eagle. Ooh, that's pretty good. I This is very, we have very different tacks on this because my immediate impulse was I'd be like, I got to try platypus. That's a freaky little weirdo. And I, <laughs> that I would want to give that a shot. Why? Let me hear yeah. your logic. I just am kind of like, what's that like? You know, I guess flight is pretty exciting too. That's like a different th- version or like, like a giant squid would be pretty fun. That's pretty badass like to too. To be at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. I just want to have a different experience than, you know, I feel like a, people go, oh, I want to be like a golden retriever. And you're like, well, that's like kind of like being a person, but you don't have thumbs and you can't be like, I don't know, I could do Thai food tonight. So I think you something that has like a very different experience than like walking around on earth, hanging out in a house. That's what well, I'm they, looking for. She made it clear like, well, everyone chooses dog. So we all just, let's cross it yeah. off the list. I'm like, yeah, might as well be the most majestic eagle who's an apex predator at the same time, I would say. That was my, yeah, my eagle's choice. Yeah, pretty cool. Well, the, during the Trank gun scene in the forest inspired me to write this down. I hate old time music in a foreign language during slow montages. This is something indie films <laughs> are mandated to are mandated to do. And it is only to remind you that, hey, this is a cerebral film. And if you don't like it, you're a goddamn dullard. That's the whole point of those. <laughs> um, I, I have the opposite response to any version of Where Is My Mind by the Pixies playing. And maybe that's just because I saw Fight Club when I was like 15 and was like, yeah, this rules. But it uh, that that playing in any like a trailer, I think it's in the, the trailer for the TV show Swarm. I just am like, I'm like, yeah, this is pretty cool every single time. I'm so susceptible to that. But I know what you mean if you're just like, oh, you're doing this move. We've seen this before. Yeah, it's so presumptuous. Like, (laughs) Improv always sucks, and especially in a forced (laughs) mating situation at a hotel. Mm Going to call on our fellow stand-up comedy bond here. Like, yeah, improv, eat my shit. I I love, and this is, again, I don't mean to be contrary. I've seen some, like, really amazing improv recently and been like, damn, this is like a superpower. And then you see like truly, and this is my taste. I feel like I can watch medium to, to like kind of lukewarm stand up and be like, I see what they're going for. This yeah. is like an interesting thought experiment. But when I watch like kind of mediocre improv every time I'm like, somebody fix this. Yeah. Oh, the worst is when they throw improv in the middle of a stand up show. You're like, oh, stop. And I've done, I think too, I've done stand up on an improv show with kind of like new improvisers and the audience is just, they're like, so the pacing of stand up, it's like listening when, when you've seen kind of like newer improvisers kind of try to feel their way through something that maybe they don't quite have the skill set to navigate yet. And then you see stand up that's been like prepared and rehearsed and practiced and, and 
uh tried and true it's like watching like a like a steve Vai guitar solo for the first time we're just like oh that's there's just like a technical skill that that i didn't anticipate very true uh i am now at oh uh colin farrell looks like henry cavill in mission impossible fallout with that mustache does he also cock his arms right before the mate gives him a (laughs) half-ass lap dance that's so that that even in the trailer for that Mission Impossible where he cocks his fist back and it makes a sound is like I bet in the edit when they did that it was like they were like well time to take lunch we knocked this <laughs> shit out of the park by the way love Mission Impossible Fallout it is so goddamn good and I cannot wait for Mission Impossible Seven They're so mm, oh they are amazing they, Tom Cruise batting 750 my book man does not put out a bad film at all rarely very rarely hey at least though colin farrell did not have to pay 60 bucks and then tip that maid to give that shitty lap dance i feel especially cheated if because she did not play rats round and round to make it at least semi-romantic for him Mm -hmm. putting your hand in a toaster seems much more fun than watching john c Riley in a porno film that's for goddamn sure did he choose lobster knowing that he'd be at least safe from being eaten by the Jewish population? Oh, that's right. Right. That's you've got to, if you, you pick an animal that people don't eat, but there's, I think there's so many other animals you pick like iguana. Nobody's eating that. Or maybe, maybe there is, but I don't, I don't know of a population that eats iguanas. I will say, (laughs) I mean, again, same situation. You're on a, uh, on a mountain crash from a soccer team and, it's either human or iguana. The iguana's gonna go first, and then you know Sam next year is gonna start pretty tasty with that uh, flabby I, belly. Well, this is the problem, right? With an iguana is like your soccer team breaks into an iguana, and you're like, well, that's an appetizer. There's yeah. not a lot of meat on those bones. No, that's <laughs> it, very true. It, it stops you from eating a person by like 25 minutes. Not a lot of fucking going on in an all adult resort, especially with the prospect of you being turned into a turtle or some shit. Wouldn't you be banging your brains out like 45 days? I don't care. I'm going to make something happen or I'm going to die going out swinging. Well, that, okay. So that is kind of one of the flaws of the movie. Like you say, kind of tongue in cheek, but it's like, there are other ways to relate to people. And I think like the idea of finding someone, if you're like, I just need somebody that I can spend time with. So I feel less alone it does feel like finding someone in this population that feels the same way with that, that has this kind of existential desperation would lend itself to like extreme sexual chemistry. Oh, of course. Oh yeah. And they don't investigate that. Nope. Nope. I call bullshit. Uh, what was the other one? Oh, hunger games. I was dying. We did that recently. They're all sequestered in this tower and the next day they're all going to go out and kill each other. Wouldn't you be fucking each other's brains out to say, I'm 17, I may or may not be a virgin, might as well go out with the proverbial bang. But that's just Kevin Goatina's It feels very brain. Olympic Village. <laughs> exactly. That's a great it's analogy. It's like very Olympic Village, yeah. right? You're like, yeah. okay, where are these extreme athletes put in this circumstance? And again, tensions are high, uh, adrenaline is high, hormones are are... are pouring out of people yeah it seems like there would be there would there would be some hooking up these irish women give lap dances so poorly where i would demand a full refund from the manager not that not that spirited i would say i wonder if that's ever been granted i wonder (laughs) if that's ever been granted of like "Mm, excuse me this lap dance that's like i feel like you get um picked up by the back of your collar and just be hoed out of the the building uh sir i am wearing good sir yeah i'm wearing wind pants and i am not drunk so i don't have whiskey (laughs) dick and this woman did not complete myself to where i needed to feel satisfied so i demand a 60 dollar plus 25 dollar tip refund why didn't more people just leave the hotel and say fuck it i'm out of here i'm gonna live my life as an ewok for the rest of my remaining days mm-hmm. yeah again it's like that you give me this kind of magical realism premise but then it's like everybody adheres to it i'm trying to think there was something i saw recently where there's kind of this kind of premise and then people react more like you'd expect people to you know like if you're gonna illuminate something about what it is to be a person i feel like the people we should consider what people are like and this film i don't think does that no not at one not one bit red kiss sounds much better than a brown kiss which was covered in depth by human centipede (laughs) once they leave the hotel the tension notably drops and the pacing as does 
as well, excuse me, and becomes as boring as getting a lap dance from an Irish girl. So rule of three, I had to, I had to apply. You I had, had to, to bring it back, sure. Yes, we get it. This is parody poking fun at people forcing relationships because they're scared of being lonely. And this stigma of being lonely is not approved by the government or whomever the, the governing bodies of child or people in charge may be. But holy hell, this got boring real fast the minute they left that hotel really fast. There, there are a couple like jokes over the course of the film. I think if this were funnier, it would have landed a little better. Like if it was, but it was so grim. I found tonally that like it, it just like, I agree. It is like a satire, right. About the mm-hmm. way the world looks at relationships. And I think like there are the, there are points to be made about that for sure. But it's just to do it as if like, Oh yeah. Being uh, looking, um, being forced to kind of compulsorily search for a romantic partner is like watching someone murder a dog is like, mm, I think we could punch that joke up a little bit. Yeah. Let's set that back for rewrites. Rachel Weiss, Rachel Weiss, excuse me, my German background, Rachel Weiss, sneaky, mm-hmm. hot, sneaky, hot in everything she's in. Yeah. She's, she's really good and really beautiful. <laughs> David acquiesces to so many dumb shit requests, especially, hey, dig your own grave, get in, and then cover your face in dirt. Like He did the, he hit about four of these requests from the random people, I would say. At one point, does he just say, the fuck I will, and just say, ah, you know what? I'm going to sit this one out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I just wish I, it, just so much of the behavior, not the performances, but the behavior of the characters where I'm like, I don't know people like this and i don't know people who this is even like a metaphor for right i see is, is, I, I might disagree vi- a little bit i don't need to have okay. that relay relatability i just need you to be memorable and not sure. even likable or dislikable i just need you to be memorable and no one stands out in this film with any traits really except maybe the loner leader where she's just an absolute a1 cunt uh and that's it david just says beta go along hope de dope de do yeah he flips the switches switches on the uh on the one gal, his brother's killer, but I just, none of these characters stuck with me. And that's something I really look for, uh, you know, dialogue wise, personality trait wise, nothing just grabbed me. It, it felt almost like, um, it, it like really feels like an intellectual exercise, which I think is why I came down so hard on it. Right. Is that like the performance is being so flat on purpose. It must be on purpose. Right. Because all these performers, you've they seen, were actually, they, have, like, they were told to be done writer, very, very, very yeah, monochromatic you know, kind of with more, yeah, more peaks and valleys. Like it all feels very intellectual and, and in a way that it's like, it, it's like reading like Candide in college or high school or whatever, mm-hmm. where you're like, oh, this is all about the idea. And, and all of this is in service of this kind of big idea. And, and, and which is like, not necessarily what makes for a great film, but, but similarly, right. You watch a film like, um sorry to bother you uh which is like very philosophically driven i think and very like supposed to be a it's about a thing and not just the story of the characters and you go oh those performances are um are are like really vivid and compelling and you like root for the characters and or or you root against the characters but it is I, i think you're right that it is a much more like it gives you much more to sink your teeth into Burying the leader of the loners with her face exposed so the dogs can eat it off. I thought that was a nice touch. Nice little full circle. Way to, <laughs> nice to, touch. Is nice touch. A way to put that. I know. Uh, this, this goes down without question as a fantastic original concept, but clearly falls apart after the first hour. This is a perfect case of a film that was renowned when it came out, but no one has mentioned it in the last five years. When people ask you, Josh, what's one of the 10 best films you've seen in the last 10 years? No one is ever going to say The Lobster. I promise you that. As I said before, the characters were were forgettable, and I laughed harder, harder while reading that this was classified as a comedy as a comedy are you out of your tits even dark comedies have something that's foreign to this film and those are called punchlines it got so aimless in when it got to the wood scenes at least farrell uh colin farrell had the great characters to play off of in the hotel john c Riley and and wishaw 
I understand the plot has to progress and he has to leave and escape as a human or leave as a lobster. This is exactly the film that people say that they like, so they seem smarter. But my my point is, <laughs> ask them what you liked about this film so much. Is it a dark comedy? I say Election is a much better dark comedy. Oh, it's wacky and original. So are Requiem for a Dream and, as you mentioned, Charlie Kaufman films. It's a thinking person's movie. Yeah, Ex Machina, Memento, The Machinist, all better to name a few. Fuck this ending. He's going to blind himself because she was. Oh, so we're going to Romeo and Juliet this shit? Nope. Right. Really disappointing right. after an auspicious start. I really considered bailing midway through that second act. Four out of ten. I Look, it started off great. But, man, that landing, the, the landing gears just crushed and got twisted. And this plane, this plane grinded to an eventual start, stop. Excuse me. Not a fan. I did watch this initially when it first came out. As I looked, when I looked at my Netflix queue, I go, and I got the lobster, I go, oh, I did watch this. And I gave it one star when I first saw it. So apparently I must have bumped up a little bit in the second viewing, but still <laughs> not good. Still not good. Now, get ready, Josh, for those asshole blowhards that really give us the metaphorical blowjob that does not deserve critics' five-star reviews. Despite its third act and frustrating end, The Lobster is uncompromising, provocative, and highly original at every turn. That is the laziest of compliments. Yeah, it sucked in the third I mean, act and frustrating end, but you know what? It's original. That's that's a shitty review. It's I I think that I definitely give points for like, hey, this is something that I haven't quite seen before. So that that's and that is I think where my kind of appreciation for parts of it come but i do i agree i i get very like i roll my eyes at critical appraisals of things that are like aside from the parts that are bad it's perfect and you're like no you can say that it's it's hit and miss but but that doesn't mean you can't give a five-star review and be like the third act doesn't work right at the very at the very most you go that's four stars Three and a half. You know, you go, look, mm -hmm. I didn't love the ending, but I was along for the ride. It was like a new uh, thrilling ride for me. And even if, if you loved 90% of it, you still have to, you can't give it a perfect score and be like, the ending doesn't work. Get ready for another douchey review. Colin Farrell is paunchy and hilarious in a surreal, unpredictable comedy. Hilarious, I laughed harder at Napoleon Dynamite than this, which was a bucket of fetid falcon shit. I fucking hate that film. I laughed more at Napoleon Dynamite than I did in this film. Who gives this the title of comedy needs to be squarely booted in the ass? It's, I mean, th this is, again, another personal pet peeve, is I, I think there were kind of darkly humorous moments but that doesn't mean something is a comedy right lots of dramas have a few good jokes in them and that just that adds texture right that's how life is like even yeah. when you, the, you who here hasn't been at like a funeral where someone says something quietly very funny and it like punctuates the tension and you but that doesn't mean that you're like the nana's funeral was a laugh riot like, no <laughs> someone said something that made it like that made the tension less thick and and made the day a little it broke it, broke uh, it a little easier on the salt broke the tension right and i think like the idea that if something has six jokes in 90 minutes like six little jokes in 90 minutes that it's a comedy is like that that's not that's not what to me a comedy is i need i need jokes at a frenetic pace for her to be considered a comedy thank you i laughed at what, one yeah, one, one review one review i read i didn't i didn't include this one in, in their reviews they said they were laughing hysterically when he said oh we're gonna listen to edm while we slow dance i go oh that's like smirk worthy at best but laughing yeah. hysterically at that like oh cut this and shit those those moments are well observed, right? Like that's like a, a a clever moment. And you're like, oh, this adds like kind of a wry texture that I enjoyed. But again, like, I think you're right. If you, people in the theaters aren't like slapping their knee and, and not everything has to hit at the same peak, right? Like I, I, I will say though, kind of the high, not maybe necessarily in terms of like artistic quality uh, in the standing the test of time, but like the most 
outrageous audience response I've ever seen is I saw The Hangover in theaters like week two, but while everyone was just kind of like, you got to see this movie, don't look it up. It's just really funny. And it was like, people were like having out of body experiences laughing. And it's like, that's the standard to talk about a comedy like that to be like gosh i've i've never laughed harder in my life and if if you're having that response to the lobster you are a like i liar you have killed and you'll kill and you'll kill again that is like there you don't care about humans well i sonny we were actually the hangover done on this very podcast i find it very overrated i would say as you to use your words an out-of-body experience for a comedy borat i saw that opening weekend holy oh holy shit saw that in theaters as well joke 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 and they were all And, and, and we did this in the podcast about a year ago and it's still fucking hilarious the peaks are so high too. Yes. That's the thing, right? It's not just the the density of jokes, but like the the big moments, the like home run swings are like ho- true, uh, you know, and maybe there's a couple that you're like, mm, that doesn't hold up as well, but like they're big and you you like really have the, these strong responses to them. It's huge. And and I think this film doesn't aspire to that even. Like I think it's a strange categorization to talk about it in the not in the same breath like no one is like oh the lobster and borat are my two favorite comedies <laughs> but to, to describe it the way you would describe a borat or a um naked gun like a, the, a naked gun a like girls trip like whatever it is that like lights you up like that this i can't imagine someone that's like this is this is among the five funniest movies you said five ten best movies or five best movies ten best, if you're yeah. like this is a, in the 10 funniest movies of the past 10 years it's like i don't you're being a contrarian by putting it in that on that list yeah you're just try, again you're trying to be that pseudo intellectual that you're just going to look upon down like oh this person doesn't find it funny you're dumb like no you're just an asshole who once again and, and with a presumptuous tone about you which i just can't tolerate with films and maybe as maybe as stand-ups we come to this from a different place right like i i have like a real um it has to work for you to give it a score that high like i'm i'm all for an ambitious interesting film or like even a stand-up set that like doesn't quite coalesce in the way that the artist is hoping i i think you can that that can be really compelling to watch but i don't think you can then go out and be like and that's the best that art can be because there are also really compelling uh ambitious swings that people take that do work so that has to be above the ones that fail right right, right. sure Next one. The lobster is nothing like you've seen before. I predict your response will be an intense one. Are you serious? What was, I mean, I've had responses after films, and I just jotted a few down. I just did a quick mind, uh, a brain yep. exercise. Here are some that I had an immediate response that I know. The Founder, Michael Keaton, fucking brilliant film. Watch it if you've not seen it. The Matrix. I talked about this the minute I got back to my college dorm. Yeah, I'm a little bit older than you. I mean, people still talk about The Matrix. Of course, it's brilliant. It still holds up. The sequels are trash, though. But I talked about this non stop for a week after i saw the matrix apocalypse now rewatch it for this very podcast still that'll hang in your crawl eight millimeter not for the best reasons you're going to talk about but holy shit does that stick with you for a long long time pulp fiction saw it in the theater three times that film second favorite film of all time those films have discernible reactions this film are you kidding you're going to walk out and talk about to all your friends for the rest of the time no you're not you're lying to yourself <laughs> I was interested. I found this interesting, but again, it's one of those things where like, I, I, it's hard to recommend because I find that my reaction to it was so like, like we were saying, cut the shit. And and so it's hard to be like, you have to sit through like watching a dog get murdered. And then ultimately at the end, maybe you'll like it. But if you have the same response (laughs) I did, you'll be like, not a fan of of that. No, no No way. Yeah. Yeah, And it's, and, and there are again, movies that are like weird, heavy experiences that I don't, that I didn't love that I'm like, maybe you will, but I just can't get there with this because it so, it just doesn't vibrate on any frequency that I'm like, this is something that people need to experience, even if it's uncomfortable or unpleasant. Next last one of this section, a stunning, absurd, stunning story of absurdity that will have you, have you laughing while also throwing you into an existential crisis. No, it doesn't. No uh, crisis. None. It doesn't. And even even Anomalisa, which I b- bring up again, right? Charlie Kaufman. 
even that is like it's so much more specific of like when you are in a depression or when you are a person who experiences depression this is how the world feels and how you experience it and it is and it feels like you'll never escape from this this it it it, it is you it's like a it's a facade where you come around the back and you're like, oh, but this isn't anything. Like it, it, it's not, I'm trying to think like, again, to go back to, sorry to bother you. That's something where you're like, oh, this is a really wild premise and execution, right? The places it goes are so outlandish, but you're like, this is an allegory for like the way uh, capital treats labor and the way uh, race um, exists in America, right? And how that interacts with, with labor and wealth. <clears throat> And, and racism and you're like damn there are some like wild things but it really makes me think about how i look at the world and this made me be like i don't like this movie is like a little tedious to be in conversation with because i just keep coming back to like come on <laughs> that's our callback critics one star reviews clever premise mm-hmm. but frustrating execution i can't agree more with that that's spot Next one, I was bored for a large part of it, and I didn't like it. Right on with you there, too. <laughs> That's you, right there. Yep, right yeah. on. Well, large, the first half I was fine with, the second half not so much. Right, well, right, next right. one, next one, while the first half is full of flavor, the second is unappetizingly bland. Three for three. <laughs> next mm-hmm. one, Lathi- Lanthimos and his co-writer, oh my God, Ephthemus Filippu, neatly satirized the societal pressures of mating and the difficulties of finding a soulmate, but... The movie runs out of ideas long before it runs out of story. I'll stop you when you're lying. Yeah. Amazon five-star reviews. I have seen this movie three times, and I can say that I will most likely watch it again. The film is terrific. Actors and actresses are top-notch to the point that it, it is not hard to believe that this Tonia could be real. I remember after the first viewing, I was amazed how much film the managed to do and say, for that matter, in only two hours. God, this guy needs to edit himself. The story is unique. <laughs> It delivers many messages that I find to be extremely relevant today, but it does so in ways that I have not seen in previous viewings to this film. I found myself laughing out loud in the theater. The humor in the film is extremely underplayed, but it is because of that it is genius. I found the humor to be comparable to a Wes Anderson film. The laughs are very subdued and found in the seriousness and sincerity of the dialogue. And I say, Josh, this is someone I wish that was turned into a cockapoo if they were to stay at this hotel. That is, I guess, like, it. it's very different than a Wes Anderson film. I can see, I guess I can see the, the comparison of, like, it is not these, like, big visceral belly laughs. There's a lot of, like, cleverness to it. But it, it just feels, I think it's almost like the inverse, where I think the Wes Anderson's films are, like, so stylized and so often the criticism is like it's not even trying to say anything right it's just style no substance it's nuanced i I call it nuanced absurdity yeah and i i like really liked the his most recent film the french dispatch especially the benicia del toro uh vignette but i it it didn't have to it didn't come out swinging like oh this is like a story with a lot to say about the modern condition right and this i think does it's like it the, it kind of causes it, babe ruth's the the home run right points out a shot field, yeah and is like this is where we're hitting it and then it just does not no next one this movie is without question a masterpiece oh it is definitely in question the film <laughs> the film works as a bold execution of its satirical narrative without ever feeling gratuitous. It's analytic without ever feeling cynical. And I theorize that along with the the point I made about why people hate this movie, this movie also receives resounding hate because it provides criticism for any of the happy relationships or marriages people have, have formed in maybe the past five or 10 years. That person said a lot without saying a goddamn thing. But I I completely disagree with this review. This is the one I think of the the five star reviews that I disagree with most because I feel like it is incredibly cynical as a film. And then whatever the sentence was before that, I disagree with that too. It, it, this without being that, and I'm just like, no, I I don't gratuitous yeah. agree. I, I think it is gratuitous. I and think the violence, it's like gratuity, it, gr- the gratuity is like 
uh, the gratuitousness, the gratuity, 18% tip. Um, the gratuitousness <laughs> of this film is like a, a central feature. And I think that's on purpose. I agree. Oh, I agree. Uh, one of the signature scenes in the woods, the loners dance in a group, but quote unquote alone with earbuds to electronic dance music. Rachel Weiss is comical. This is a five-star gem. I say, Josh, these are the same people. They define themselves as comical, but they're the same ones when they go to a comedy club and hear them and then easily get offended, all while saying, I have a great sense of humor, but it does it does really feel like they're working so hard to credit the humor here without wanting comedy. Like, I get that there are jokes in this film, but I just can't get there with like, God, what a one of the great comedies of our time, especially because I believe and this I haven't seen it, but it from talking to to people I know that like his Lethermos's next film, The Favorite, is like a lot has like a lot more comedy in it. I haven't seen it. I've I've heard I, I actually I should see it. I've heard it's great, but like and and I would or maybe not next film. It was it was two after, right? Because I think Killing of a Sacred Deer was after the the lobster. Uh yeah. But I I think like for some for the people to be like, this is one of the great comedies. And then for this same person to like make a better comedy that's actually more of a comedy feels like okay, maybe we maybe the emperor isn't wearing as many clothes. I love that. I I use that line all the time. People especially because I hate the big Lebowski. I go, listen, the emperor is not wearing clothes and you guys cheap one to see clothes and it's not there. We just did last thing. I love the big Lebowski. I hate it. Oh, I hate it so much. It's not I'm not a fan. Uh, What I was about to hearken to is last week's episode was war for planet of the apes with Dave Cyrus. Dave Mm -hmm. makes the master point saying, you know what? Not really a war in the film, but the title is war for planet of the apes. Kind of like this war, you know. There's not a war of the jokes. It's not a comedy, so you can't say yeah. in the title like War for Planet of the Apes. But there's not a comedy, much comedy element to it. Really, so yeah, yeah. Yep. Amazon one star reviews. I think it's funny how many reviewers are on here giving five stars to think the rest of us are too unintelligent to understand quote unquote the humor in the movie and why it's supposedly so funny. No, we get it. We just get that. We get that we are supposed to, quote unquote, get it. It just wasn't even darkly amusing. It was droll and boring. I kept waiting for it to change, but it never came out of its bland moroseness. This is somebody I can indeed have a bourbon with. (laughs) I watched this film for a couple of reasons. One, the cast, and two, my Greek friend who is an actor recommended it. Big mistake. I hated it. It is the second to worst movie I have ever seen. I continued watching... (laughs) Until the end, because I had hoped somehow the filmmakers would wrap things up to salvage this bleak and miserable attempt of a quote-unquote art film. Doesn't happen. How did Farrell, Weiss, and O'Reilly get conned into making this POS? Those who thought that this was a comedy must be sociopaths. It was an immature and totally off-the-mark failed attempt to make an intelligent, absurd black comedy. Well, that's what you get for listening to the My Big Fat Greek Wedding podcast, let alone an actor. That's my two cents. It's um, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot again, I don't feel one star about this movie, but I do feel like the criticisms are what I'm observing. Shame on these actors for being in a movie like this. I wish (laughs) that's so that's so mean to start off with shame on these actors. And this next line, which made me chuckle, I I wish I could blow them fart kisses for the rest of their miserable lives to remind them what a crappy movie they made. Every time they got a whiff, they would be reminded, oh, yes, that's right. The lobster strikes again. We really deserve this. Signed, Meryl Streep. See, okay, this is, I think this, this kind of review is... It's a little, again, disproportionate. We've been talking so much about proportion, right, and expectation. And I think, like, I don't love this movie, but I do, I am, like, I do think it was an interesting attempt. And I I think while the the content of the film feels cynical to me, like it represents a cynical way of thinking about and portraying the world through art, it doesn't... um, 
I don't think the movie was made cynically. Like, I think, you know what I mean? Like, I think it was a sincere attempt. And so I can't quite get there with, like, I hate these people, a pox on their houses, shame. (laughs) Like, it doesn't feel, like, I think everyone involved was like, hey, we're trying to put something forward that's interesting and different and dark. And, and, And I think it doesn't quite get all the way there for me, but I can't, like, be mad at the attempt, even though I've gotten a little heated about like the the way that the the philosophy behind it. But I think like, hey, I think it's cool that someone made this movie, even though I'm like, no, not for me. Right. Yeah. You, uh, originality, 10 out of 10. I'm with you. Totally. Lockstep, and, lockstep. And even, but again, like we've talked about before, right? Oh, that we talked about a few minutes earlier. Uh, you can say 10 out of 10, big ambitious swing. Glad you tried it. Glad I watched it even. But I don't think you can, for a movie where you're like, and I have this quibble with it, this quibble with it, this quibble with it, then be like a perfect film. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Flaw. Listen, when you, when you watch and see, I mean, I love I mean, Shawshank, LA Confidential. Mm-hmm. Those films are flawless. I dare you to find – you find flaws, you're wrong. People aren't going to go, well, the third act, it's great, but the third act kind of – nope. It's always – this film is a goddamn must-watch. Goodfellas, same story. It is a must-watch. It does not lose steam ever, ever, five stars. The, the continuity needs to, you know, needs to be maintained throughout a five-star review, as you just said. This is the part where I would yeah. say, ask my guest co-host, did Josh gut the sacred cow? But – our guest co-host bowed out, unfortunately, at the last moment due to family issues. So here we are saying, so it leaves me up to saying, yeah, Josh, you certainly did gut the sacred cow. You definitely show that this film is overrated. And as I not, I'm not a hard, uh, I'm not a hard audience member to to get on your side, especially <laughs> with my thoughts in the film. For this one, yeah, 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 especially. So Josh, thanks again for coming on Gutting the Sacred Cow. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And we'll see you all later. Take care. Peace. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.